0: Hello and welcome to the Changing Directions Filmmaker podcast series presented by 206.com. Changing Directions is a podcast interview series focused on diverse and emerging filmmakers who are pushing the boundaries of what's possible for women and people of color while making amazing films. I am your host, Mark Morin, and this is a special Seattle International Film Festival edition of the podcast, and I'm speaking with award-winning director, Rick Castaneda, and international movie and TV star, Greena Park. Rick, Greena, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, nice meeting you.
0: Thanks for having us, Mark. Yeah, thank you for being here. Now, we're here to talk about All Sorts, your movie that just world premiered during the festival. This movie takes place, I guess, in what I would describe as the strangest office cubicle environment ever created. And yet, as I was watching it, everything seemed kind of familiar. And I think it's relatable to anyone who's worked in an office setting like this. So Rick, based on the story you've created, I imagine you have some experience working in an office environment. Is that what inspired this movie?
2: Yeah, after I got out of film school, I had a really hard time getting into the film industry, and I had actually, you know, it was during a recession, and I had a hard job getting any kind of job. I was interviewing for, for restaurants, I was interviewing for courier jobs, just driving things around, and somehow I just couldn't get hired for anything. And so I started doing a lot of temp jobs in different offices, and the jobs were so monotonous. They were like, in these like very gray cubicles. It seemed like no one there had ever seen the sunlight. It seemed like everybody had kind of like left all their personality outside the building. And I started to, you know, wonder if that's what the rest of my life was going to be like. And so as I was, you know, entering data in all these different spreadsheets, You know, this was in the early 2000s when everybody was like digitizing all their analog records into digital, you know, and so it was kind of like a big changeover of information. And that was powered by data entry workers like me. (laughs) And so as I was like staring at those spreadsheets, I really started to almost invent escape routes uh, out of the cubicle in my mind, you know, magical things that could happen that would be more interesting than what I was doing. And one of those ideas I had was the idea of, of a character named June, who was a really fast filer and this underground filing competition.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, there's a, there's like some, almost some magical elements to the story, too, which make it really fun and really allows you to to dig into your imagination. Now, Greena, your mm-hmm. character, as Rick just mentioned, Jun Yoon, has a lot going on in her personal life, and she also has some interesting skills, as was just mentioned. So tell me your first impression of the character, and what did you see in the movie that made you want to take on this role?
1: Um, The June actually has a really special talent, but she doesn't know. She did not know until she met in Diego. And she thought that just everybody has that skill. So she has a normal life, daily life. She has a, oh, this skills, everybody has that. But later she thought that that's the special skill. and. When I saw that script and then June kind of um reflect me myself. She looks really nice, but I think she's she's in a tiger where the deer clothes. Yeah, I think it's in Western they put that as wolf in a sheep clothes. <laughs> but I put just one the tiger and deer because she's really strong, but she kind of hide and maybe she does not know she has a really strong side of her. How
0: do you prepare for a folder filing tournament?
1: (laughs) So the first question was exactly like that to Rick. How do I prepare that? (laughs) So we actually practiced the filing. So she brought, uh, he brought some four boxes of files and she gave to me like, this is your files for practice. So I was like, there you go. (laughs) Yes, It's for you. So actually we did a filing practice and we got a lot of like paper cuts, but was really actually good for the film is what really worked.
0: I see you got a lot of good practice going into the actual filmed competitions.
2: <laughs> I told Grina that if this was a big budget film, we would have had a file trainer that would have like <laughs> taken us to the gym with a, a file box and you know, they could practice. It would have been like a three month long process. <laughs> but on a film like you know, an indie film like ours, we just kinda handed her a box of files and said, Good luck
0: <laughs> <laughs> Definitely yeah. D- DIY filmmaking at its best. Yeah, I was I was gonna ask, was there any filing stunt people or anything like that? But it sounds like you were doing it all yourself.
1: <laughs> yes, we did it all ourselves. And you know we have we never get the paper cut after we are practiced. Oh wow.
2: So, she uh, does a lot of swordplay and fighting in her movies, and <laughs> so she does. She's kind of a, an expert, and I think that that really helped her. Her dancing <laughs> e- uh, experience, as well as her swordplay experience, I think, really helped with this role. Yeah, that's
0: definitely a well-rounded set of skills that all led to this filing tournament moment. It's, you could say it's like a your whole life prepared you for that.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> kind of, yeah.
0: <laughs> definitely. Now, Rick, you, you grew up in Granger, which is a small town here in eastern Washington, which is not far from Yakima, where a lot of this movie was filmed. So what does it mean to you to have your world premiere of this movie at the Seattle
2: International Film Festival? It's huge. You know, I always knew about SIF when I was growing up. And it was when I went to film school at USC. And after that, I started entering films in different festivals. And every book I read at the time, you know, listed SIF as one of the top ten film festivals in North America. And it's still an incredibly great international film festival. You know, a lot of people aren't fam- who aren't familiar with it don't know that they don't really accept very many movies from Washington. We are one of six feature films that was filmed in Washington uh, out of 93 features. So oh, wow. it's a pretty big deal that we're actually part of this international festival. And it's not just a, you know, SIF is not just a, a film festival for Washington movies. It's, it's everything but that, actually.
0: Oh, that's a really good point. And, you know, I think there's a lot of diversity of the type of films that play at the festival and from all different places, literally around the world. I mean, as we're saying, it's a it's an international film festival. So, uh, Grina, what's your perspective coming into this film festival?
1: I really love to go to, like, Seattle Film Festival because uh, Washington, when I heard of Washington, I thought that it's Washington, D.C. Uh-huh. So I thought that we're shooting in the East Coast. And then Rick called me, like, Rina, here's the map, and here is the Washington. So I was like, oh, inside the Seattle, actually. (laughs) So this is my first movie in the Seattle of Washington. So it's really glad that I just shot in that place, and the location was amazing. And yeah, I mean, I'm glad that we got the uh, Seattle Festival.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Now, had you ever heard of places like Yakima or Toppenish before joining this production?
1: No, it's my first time. So I told my family, oh, mom, I'm shooting uh, some film in Yakima. And then my mom told me, oh, isn't this Japanese village or? (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 it was Washington. And then, yeah, my family thought that we were shooting in Japan. Oh,
0: wow. Oh, that's funny. No, Rick, you touched on this a little bit about Greena, but Greena, you've had an impressive career in South Korea, including a Best Actress Award in 2009 at the Gongju International Film Festival. So translating your experience in South Korean cinema to here in the States, what was the most unique experience you had making this movie and what was the biggest challenge for you?
1: The best unique is that I definitely had experience with the Rick and everybody just is really special and is and sad it was a blast the people in Yakima they're really supportive and I I love them and you can see in the movie we we have a lot of uh, background and extra they're all from the Yakima so it was really unique experience and the most difficult to transform to here is Definitely language, because still I have accent, and also I was really concerned about my accent. And then Rick said, "I think as June has accent," so he and me kind of made up the June character. And yeah, still that was a really unique experience. Also, that difficult to transform Asia to here.
0: <laughs> oh, that's amazing! Yeah, I didn't even think about that, but I do feel that June is a more authentic character with the accent. So Rick, can you comment on that a little bit as well?
2: Yeah, so I, I've actually found that you have an idea, like when you write the, uh, who the character is, but the real final rewrite is often with, with the actor. A lot of times you, you cast, you know, I, I tell everybody you can't, you can't cast a good actor in your movie. You have to cast somebody who's phenomenal that just blows you out of the water. And you know, changes your idea of who the character was. And Greena was exactly that uh, when she came in to audition for us. We had a lot of different people reading for the role. And when Greena came in and read for it, you felt it, you know, like you felt it in your heart. And I looked at the PA who was behind the camera and he looked at me and he was like, oh. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, like wow. And Greena, I remember looking at you and you also kind of something happened to you while you were reading. You know, you you really just felt it. Yeah. And, and I knew that that, you know, that Greena had to be June. And Greena and I went through the script. I had Greena write June's backstory so that we would know exactly where June came from. And and Greena would have more to inform that than I would as a Mexican-American director. You know, Greena would know kind of like where this character was from, how she was raised, why she'd come to the United States, and you know, what she would want, you know, and and everything like that. So I like to get that input from the actors. I think that they're really the more that you can get from them, the more then you'll be able to see when you sit and watch
0: that really says a lot about you, know, you as a director, that you're willing to draw that from the actors and actresses to get the best performance. Now, along with Greena, you also have in key roles in the film, Eli Vargas and Luis Devese. And uh, e- Eli was great. And I have to say Luis did such a fantastic job and I was laughing every time he was on screen. So tell me about the process of putting this cast together and specifically, you know, the three leads are so Greena, Eli, and Luis.
2: I would say all three of them were just extremely hard to cast uh we had to like see so many people and eli you know the role of diego is a very special one and you not only have to be a great actor but you have to be i don't know you just have to feel for that person you know um and diego like when eli read for diego i think uh the producer and i laura we just were like his reading just made you want to take care of him you know like he just He's just the kind of guy that you're just like, okay, okay, come, come come, here, we're gonna give you a hug, we're gonna set you on the right road, everything's gonna be fine, okay? Here, like, I know a guy who, uh, you know, who can help you with this, you know, like, you just wanna take care of him. And he, he read, like, I think we gave him like an extra scene that day, and he like read through it in about five minutes. He's like, yeah, I have it memorized, it's fine, here. Uh, and, you know, he, he's got that professionalism, but at the same time, you know, I would say like, I've seen him drive to the office and he drives a car very much like Diego does. Like it's a very, very similar kind of car. And he actually hasn't been able to be part of these interviews because he's working six nights, you know, six nights a week. He's on the night shift. And so it's very much in the same similar situation as, as Diego. And with Luis, You know, Vasquez is one of my favorite characters that I've ever, you know, kind of like written. He's just like an incredible character who defies logic and somehow does all of the wrong moves and still comes ahead in the end. And we were casting a lot and it just didn't seem like anybody really understood what the role was. And then Luis came in wearing a suit that was actually the suit that we ended up filming him in because it was just the perfect suit. You know, he knew exactly who the character was. He, he bought a ring that became, you know, the, the ring that the character Vasquez wears. And he just knew, he was just so far into Vasquez's head that we were like, oh my gosh, this guy thinks he's a million dollars and I hope he's in the film because he's just like, he just knew exactly what to do. And we we fought really hard to get him into the movie. And I'm so glad that we did because I think that he just did a stellar job. Now, Grina,
0: <laughs> tell, tell me about your experience in working with both Eli. You have a lot of scenes with Eli, obviously, but also uh, you have some scenes with Luis as well. Tell me about your experience working with both of them.
1: When I first time saw the Eli, He's just a Diego, so I immediately I knew he's a Diego. I think he's just like born to play the Diego. And I def- I definitely know that what he's talking about, that feeling of, I have to take care of him. But at the same time, he's a really good listener, which is Diego, also really good listener. That's yeah. why June's kind of open about everything and talk to him. And definitely, We Are your Chemistry was really good as a friend and we share the Airbnb. So we are just, um, we have a lot of time to talk and chat and play games and listen to music. So it ended up we are being like really good friends. And I talked with him like a month ago and he's really busy. (laughs) And then he said, oh, I still keep that glasses that he wore in the movie and at that time as his glasses was broken oh, no. but he's still broken wearing that glasses <laughs> i think that's the, like talk about uh diego and eli and Luis. every time i saw him on set just hilarious he was like looking at me and hi June! <laughs> and then sometime i got scared and i just like, disappeared the cubicle <laughs> because he has some like that looking like boss you know you just you saw the boss that you want to just try to hide or you know like something like that and then and he, he asked me to come and then hi and then did you eat lunch He's like yeah and then what did you call the eli it's said eli diego no ellie ellie you cool ellie was like what are you talking about yeah. He's like really hilarious boss, at the same time scary boss.
0: <laughs> no, that's amazing. It sounds like it was a really
2: fun set.
1: It's really fun.
2: <laughs> Vasquez, you know, for anybody who hasn't seen the movie, Vasquez plays the boss and he's very demanding, he's very mm-hmm. logical, he's kind of silly, but he doesn't know that he's silly and he definitely thinks that he's the king of the world and <laughs> I don't think Luis would get mad at me for saying this, but Luis, the actor, actually is very much like that, where he just thinks he's the king of the world. He he started bossing around everybody on set, including the AD of the film, and he was like telling the AD, no, we, we have to film this right now, you know? And and the AD was looking at me like, wait, who's who's in control here? <laughs> and, and I had to tell everybody like, hey, you know, don't worry, you know, you don't have to do what he says. <laughs> and. He's just perfectly cast. He's just exactly, you know, very similar to Vasquez, and he's a wonderful, wonderful person. Um, We're really good friends now, which is great, but he does think he's the king of the world, and I think that that's hilarious.
0: Uh, Thank you for that. Now, Rick, let's talk about locations. You know you being from Granger which is pretty close to Yakima you know you used yet a lot of Yakima locations and Toppenish and one thing that I love, because I've been to this place I love seeing miners drive-in in the movie so oh did you, great oh yeah oh I I know I know miners I've been there a couple times now did you have a wish list of locations that you wanted to use for this film or like what was that process like of finding where you wanted to where you wanted to shoot
2: well uh, you know, my first film, Two Suitcase, was very much a love letter to the area. And I had, you know, written that movie based around the different locations that I thought I could get, and the different locations that I really wanted to showcase. All Sorts was a little bit different, where I would say like 80% of it happens inside of an office. And I kind of wanted that office to look like every office, you know, every gray, boring office that that is in existence. I wanted it to look like everywhere. But, you know, there's definitely, a lot of places in Yakima that I wanted to you know showcase and, and Miners is one of those places that you know it's it's got such great lights you know um you know such great neon lights outside of it it was very like picturesque to have in the background and Miners is the place where anytime we were playing sports and we were near Yakima the coaches would always drive us back to Miners because I don't know if you know this but coaches eat free at Miners and it's very, very smart business practice because every single bus, you know, that's playing in the area will always drive to Miners, so that the coaches and bus drivers can eat free, and all the kids end up spending a whole lot of money buying meals. But we—that was kind of very sentimental for me because there's a lot of a lot of wins that we celebrated at Miners, and a lot of losses we, you know, we celebrated as well.
0: Well, that's fantastic. You now, Greena, did you have an opportunity to try a Miners burger?
1: Um, actually, I did, but at the time I don't remember that what what was that the burger? Because we have a one uh half day shooting, so one of my PA drove to the there and we got the the burger. But I didn't know at the time it was like, oh, but well, this is good. <laughs> oh,
0: nice. <laughs> well, maybe Dude, you'll be able to make gonna... a return trip. Yeah,
2: <laughs> that was where we were filming in like freezing temperature, and we were outside all night. That was the night time oh. filming. <laughs> Where and we then... almost all froze to death.
1: And
2: I kept waiting. I don't know if you know this, Mark, but the, the assistant director is in charge of making sure everybody's safe on a film set. And you know, I kept direct, you know when when things are unsafe, then the, the ad calls and he says, "Okay, it's too cold. We can't we can't be here." Sorry for the uh, sorry for the siren. Should I pause? As
0: as you're talking about keeping people safe, we get to hear some sirens in the background.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So, you know, I kept waiting for the AD to call it because it was just really cold, and I thought, wow, like when is he going to say it's too cold and we should all go home for the night, you know? When is this becoming unsafe? And I realized, wait a minute, our AD's from Alaska. He's never going to call this. (laughs) So I had to like step in and say, okay, this is actually too cold. We need to all go inside and warm up. Yeah, you just
0: never know what somebody's going to be bringing to the table like that. That's that's fantastic, Greena. You're doing this interview with us today on set of a film that you're making. Is there anything you can talk about? What type of projects you have going on right now? Now that this movie's out in the world.
1: So I'm, I'm working on the new short film project, and this is a Korean mom story. And he she wants to reunite the son during the riot in 1992 in LA. So this is a true event, so I was really into this story because of these days, like Asian hate crimes coming up and I want to shoot this film for our community for sure and talk about what happened in 1992.
0: You know, you're right, though, because a lot of events that took place back then, you know, mm-hmm. we're seeing a lot of that same type of stuff happen now. So I think it's very important that you're doing that type of work. So thank you for doing <laughs> that. And I'm glad that uh, that you have a project like that to work on. Now, thank Rick, you. now that this film, as I just mentioned, is out there in the world, people are getting to see it. Like, what's what's next for this film after the festival? And then what's next for you, you know, as you're getting this film out there?
2: At the moment, we're, you know, a film Take so long because you spend about a year writing it, you spend you know a, a year in pre production to film it, you spend a year in post, and then I feel like you spend another year promoting it and kind of trying to get it out in the world. And so, with this film, we have you know, we want to take it to a few more film festivals. You know, we're still looking, you know, still trying to find exactly which distribution we want route we want to go, but. I'm really excited because I'm hoping later this year we'll be able to, you know, show it to people in theaters. And hearing, you know, especially when you make a comedy, hearing a room full of people laughing at it is just the best reward for all of those years of working on it. And it's one of the things that kind of keeps me going. And so that's what I'm really looking forward to. Thank you.
0: Now, as we wrap things up here, I'll give each of you a chance for any final thoughts about the movie or just anything else that you want to add in. I'll
1: go first? (laughs) Sure. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. I hope the people want to watching this movie as, as much as possible or as many as possible and ended up, I feel like your normal ordinary life is not normal. It could be very special, so please enjoy your daily life and watching our movie. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Enric.
1: Yeah,
2: I think this movie this movie is about magic. There's a lot of you know magical things that happen in this movie, like you know a filing cabinet that can eat people or a paperclip that comes alive, you know things like that. And it's really about you know imagining where you could be in your life, you know, because I think, you know, I'm an optimist. I like to think about the best things that could possibly happen because I think that opens so many doors in my own life. You know, I loved seeing, I loved reading books where, you know, you could wander into a wardrobe and end up in another world. Or like, you know, I I see that you have a a Middle Earth poster behind you. I, you know, I love the, the world of Lord of the Rings and the idea that a small hobbit can end up being the greatest warrior of a story, you know, and it makes you think about what you could do, you know, and I I always kind of identified with the loser in a story. I always identified with the weak guy or the, you know, person who is a little timid and afraid. And I think that that's why, you know, this movie stars a character like Diego who finds out how to believe in himself.
0: Oh, that's great. Thank you very much. Now, Rick, Greena. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me during the festival and while you're creating new films as well. So I wish you all the best in the future. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you so much for having us. Thanks, Mark.
2: It was really fun talking to you. Hey, thank you.
0: This is the Changing Directions podcast series featuring Rick Castaneda and Greena Park and their movie, All Sorts. Please subscribe to the podcast, leave a review on iTunes, and share on social media. Any way you can support the podcast is very much appreciated. You can find every podcast episode and all of my movie reviews, including my review of all sorts on 206.com. Thank you for listening to the Changing Directions podcast series presented by 206.com.